a poem by Julie Kasdorf titled, Lessons My Mother Taught Me. I've learned from my mother how to love the living, to have plenty of vases on hand in case you have to rush to the hospital with peonies cut from the lawn, black ants still stuck to the buds. I learned to save jars large enough to hold fruit salad for a whole grieving household, to cube home canned pears and peaches, to slice through maroon grape skins and flick out the seeds with a knife point. I learned to attend visitation, even if I didn't know the deceased, to press the moist hands of the living, to look in their eyes and offer sympathy as though I understood loss even then. I learned that whatever we say means nothing. What anyone will remember is that we came. I learned to believe I had the power to ease awful pains materially like an angel. Like a doctor, I learned to create from another's suffering my own usefulness. And once you know how to do this, you can never refuse. To every house you enter, you must offer healing a chocolate cake you baked yourself, the blessing of your voice, your chaste touch. Lessons my mother taught me. It's a beautiful poem about the imprint of a mother's life. The imprint of a mother's life. And... Uh, This morning, I would like to look at another poem, uh, a poem from a passage of Scripture that could also be titled, What I Learned from My Mother. It's a poem found in the Old Testament book of Proverbs, chapter 31, Proverbs chapter 31, verses 1 through 9. You can look at it in your Bible, or you can look at it on the screen. And these two are verses about a mother's imprint. A mother's imprint. And these verses are about the question, who is it who influences the influencer? Proverbs 31, 1 through 9. The words of King Lemuel, an oracle that his mother taught, him. What are you doing, my son? (laughs) What are you doing, son of my womb? What are you doing, son of my vows? Do not give your strength to women, your ways to those who destroy kings. It is not for kings, O Lemuel. It is not for kings to drink wine or for rulers to take strong drink, lest they drink and forget what has been decreed and pervert the rights of all the afflicted. Give strong drink to the one who is perishing and wine to those in bitter distress. Let them drink and forget their poverty, and remember their misery no more. Open your mouth for the mute, for the rights of all who are destitute. 
Open your mouth. Judge righteously. Defend the rights of the poor and needy. Lessons my mother taught me. Proverbs 31, 1 through 9. Lessons from King Lemuel. King Lemuel, who is he? Not sure. Some think that he was a king outside the nation of Israel, an Arabian king from a region called Massa, um, a God-fearing, non-Jewish monarch, king. A few think that maybe this was Solomon. Because the word Lemuel literally means one who belongs to God. One who belongs to God. And if so, then these lessons would have come from his mother Bathsheba. In fact, there's a a Jewish legend. A legend. An old Jewish legend which says that one night Solomon had uh, pulled an all-nighter with one of his 700 wives. And he crashed the next morning and... Since Solomon kept the keys to the temple gates beneath his pillow, the morning sacrifice was delayed. Whereupon his mother came marching up to him and lectured him with these words which began, What are you doing? What are you doing? (laughs) Kind of reminds me of that Mother's Day card. Um, On the front of the card is this Boy, little boy, writing his mother. And the front of the card reads, This is the prayer, mother. I remember you praying for me the whole time I was growing up. And you turn the card, and on the inside it says, God help you if you ever do that again. (laughs) What are you doing? (laughs) What are you doing? It's, It's a question that reveals a story. And, and it's a story that can be told by a series of questions like, who is it in the king's life who can get in the king's face and speak truth to power? Who is that? Who is it who can enter the office of the most powerful person in the kingdom with the sole purpose of challenging the king to do his job. Who is that person? Who is it who is uniquely qualified to call the question? Who will ask what others fear asking? Who will say what others just don't have the stomach to say before the king? Who is that person? You need that person, you know. You do. Especially when you get to a level of leadership, and and, and I don't know how to say it any other way than that. When you get to a level of leadership, when you have taken up a certain level or mantle of responsibility where what you decide affects the lives and the futures of others, at that time, you need truth. You need clarity. You need wisdom. You need unfiltered information. Unfiltered information. Someone who will talk straight even if it is something you don't particularly want to hear. You need it. And that unfiltered information, that is a rare but necessary quality in the life of a leader. 
And who will that person be? Who will speak truth to power? Who has the stomach to ask three times, what are you doing? And these verses tell us, right? Verse 1, mom. (laughs) The words of King Lemuel, an oracle, his mother taught him. (laughs) There's a story here, and, and this is a story of a glimpse of an office which existed in the ancient world called the Queen Mother. Americans have what they call the First Lady, but in the ancient Mideast, they had the Queen Mother. And we get a little glimpse of that in First Kings chapter 2, verse 19. First Kings 2, 19. So Bathsheba went to King Solomon, it's her son, Bathsheba went to King Solomon to speak to him on behalf of Adonijah. That was Solomon's half-brother. 1 Kings 2.19 says, And the king rose to meet her and bowed down to her. Then he sat on his throne and had a seat brought for the king's mother, and she sat on his right. Solomon, the supreme commander in Israel, he gives the orders and the orders are obeyed. He always had the last word. He was Congress, the Supreme Court, and the President all in one. And with all that, when his mother entered the room, he stood. And he bowed to her, meaning he got down on his hands and knees. That kind of bowing. And he had a seat brought to his side. He's the king. But she gets to sit at his right side. His right side. And then they conversed. And someone remarked, even great kings should bow when their mother enters the room. Oh, yeah. And we all know why she is uniquely qualified to speak truth to power, don't we? I mean, we know. I mean, we we learn here. We can see it. My son. My son. (laughs) She says, I know you. I knew who you were. I knew you before you became who you are. And you may get pampered by all this royalty, but young man, don't you ever forget who changed your pampers. You know, in a sense, this mother, um, in a sense, this mother is not impressed with her son. She's not impressed, you know? I mean, isn't it true that when you reach a certain stage of celebrity, when you see someone else or whatever, you just you kind of want to tend to think, ooh, you know, that's, you know, people, oh, they're, they're impressed with you. I had a taste of that this week. Oh, just a taste of it. I told you last Sunday that, uh, um, that Tuesday, this past Tuesday, was uh, my wife and I's 25th anniversary. And so, um, so as a uh, gift, uh, I received, uh, Bill uh, loaned me his 66 Chevy Impala. <sighs> Got to drive around with it, and Sarah and I went out on a date, and red, my father had a red 66 Chevy Impala when I was growing up. Oh, 
It was beautiful. And this thing, this thing had some muscle in the muffler. You turned the ignition. I'd have driven it this morning, but I'm trying to stay in good graces with my neighbor. I mean, because I was, I was here awfully early. But, oh, it was. And, 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 and so I would, I, I would drive down. And I, so we went out Tuesday night, and, and it was wonderful. And then I drove it all week this week. And we went to the Sydney dairy barn last night in it. And I'd be driving around the windows down. And, and, and people would look. <gasps> people would look like they're, they were impressed. Who is that person in that, behind that wheel? It was, oh, I, I, I went uh, on my way to work here this week. I, I drove by uh, Carrie Busey right when school was in going on and you know I, the school speed limit's 20 miles per hour I was crawling at about 15 miles an hour just so I'd get noticed and uh, and 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 I was the police officer and the the crossing guard my my windows were down I, 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 I was going so slow I could hear them talk in the middle of the street that's a 66 Chevy Impala. It sure is, isn't it? Ooh, that was nice. Nobody, nobody's ever done that with my other car. Ooh, that's a 2004 Taurus with white paint. Nobody's ever done that. Ah, ooh. That was... People were impressed. My wife was not impressed. She wasn't. She was, she was entertained and amused. <laughs> At me. <laughs> well, she wasn't impressed because, uh, well, she knows it's not my car. <laughs> it's, it's going back. <laughs> oh, this mother here in Proverbs 31, she's not impressed with her son. She knows his habits. She knows his hang-ups. And she knows what she did to bring him into the world. It's called labor. Son of my womb. I brought you into this world, therefore your world is my business. What are you doing? What are you doing? And then she says, what are you doing, son of my vows? Son of my vows, vows. Remember the vows that Hannah, the mother of the prophet Samuel, made in 1 Samuel chapter 1, verse 11. She prayed and prayed for a child, and when that child was born, she dedicated that child to God, and she vowed a vow and said, O Lord of hosts, if you will indeed look on the affliction of your servant and remember me and not forget your servant, but will give your servant a son, then I will give him to the Lord all the days of his life, and no razor shall touch his head, which would be a symbol of her vows. And someone said, if there were only more Hannahs, maybe there would be more Samuels. And the queen mother says, you are Lemuel. You are one who belongs to God. You are no ordinary child. You are a gift, and you are gifted, and you have unique opportunities and responsibilities. And I am here to remind you of that. Therefore, I am watching your life. I am observing your character. And I'm going to say and ask what others are afraid to say and ask. I will therefore ask you about your relationships and your schedule and your agenda and your activities. I will ask you about what it is you are feeding your life and your mind and your eyes and your stomach. I will check your internet history. I will ask you about what it is that comes out of your mouth. 
and your heart. What are you doing? That's a good question. Asked by one who knows that it's her job to make kings and queens out of commoners. That's the mission of motherhood, to be a kingmaker, a queenmaker. See, that's the story here, church family. That's the story here. And so in these verses, she just does, right? She reminds her son that he is king and that he has vocational responsibility. He has a vocational calling. And in verse 3, she insists that the she insists that the king has better things to do with his time than expending energy and strength and attention harboring a harem of mistresses. She's calling the question, son, what is it that's distracting you from the core responsibilities you know you need to meet and if you don't meet them, nobody else meets them because you're the king and there are only things that you can do and if you don't do them, they don't get done. She's tough. She's tough. And then look at verses 4 through 7. Verses that are neither a blanket prohibition on alcohol, nor is she lobbying for a free beer program. She's reminding the king that nothing must impair his judgment. Nothing. In fact, verses 6 through 7 state who the alcohol should be for. Because in the ancient world, one of the uses of alcohol was medicinal and, and as an antidepressant. And her point is this. Her point is this, son, you are king. You're, you're not playing park district ball here. You are an elite level Olympian. And the higher you rise as a leader, the more you must sacrifice as a leader. I like how John Maxwell, who is a former pastor, he's a Christian author, he's kind of a leader's leader. He, he puts it this way. He says, a leader must give up to go up. He says, many people today want to climb the corporate ladder because they believe that freedom and power are the prizes waiting at the top. American Express ran an ad that once said, membership has its privileges, and many people view leadership this way. They associate it with privileges. They see only the positives. The power is appealing, and and so are the relationships with other high-powered people. And who wouldn't enjoy kind of being on the inside track of all the planning and all the information? But what? What many don't realize is that the true nature of leadership is sacrifice. And a leader who wants to be a good leader is going to have to do more than just occasionally take a cut in pay. They have to surrender their rights. And that's true of every leader regardless of profession. You talk to any leader and you will find that that leader has to make repeated sacrifices Leadership is not a balloon payment. No, no, no. It's a month by month by month by month by day by day by day by day sacrifice. And the higher the leader has climbed, the greater the sacrifice the leader makes. And then John Maxwell says this, effective leaders sacrifice much that is good, much that is good, in order to dedicate themselves to what is best. Yeah. See, that's verses 4 through 7. That's what's going on here. 
Son, being a king is a 24-7 job. There's no clocking out. And you got to be on all the time. That's the deal. That's your deal. And then she closes with verses 8 and 9. She says, son, it's your job to speak for those who can't speak for themselves. Okay? You've got to open your mouth for those who have no voice. You must champion the rights of the poor. You must uphold justice. You must care for those left desolate by the cruelties of life. Did you see the News Gazette article this past uh, week with Salt and Light? Did you? Uh, Nathan uh, Montgomery, the executive director, um, it, was, it was kind of on our Windsor Road Wednesday. And uh, so... Nathan was interviewed and he made a comment just about how, how much uh, more food has been given away uh, this year than, than the same time in the previous year. He said that last year, it was, it was the, last year, listen, last year was the agency's busiest by far when it, distribute, when it distributed 100,000 more pounds of food than the previous year and this year's rate has already been 65,000 pounds ahead of last year. The last three weeks, we've been getting 250 families a week. We, we've seen so many people, so many people who have never been anywhere before. We are just scraping to try to keep up. Now, if Lemuel's mother had read that article, she would have marched into the king's throne room and would have said, what are you doing? You're the king. You are expected to possess extraordinary insight about human problems. Do not squander royal wealth on yourself. The king Rules best by serving society's least. So stop being so impressed with yourself because you happen to be king and instead take on the responsibility to to do what needs to be done. You see, these verses really answer the question, what ought a king do with his power? And Jesus laid out the challenge in Luke Chapter 12, verse 48. Everyone to whom much was given of him much will be required. And from him to whom they entrusted much, they will demand the more. What are you doing? What are you doing? It's a good mod right here. And it's a good question. And... It makes me want to ask, well, what was he doing? <laughs> well, I mean, what was he doing? See, there's, there's, there's great wisdom here, and there's a yeah, but at the end of verse 9. I mean, it's not in the text, but I mean, it's in my mind after I read the text. Uh, it's a yeah, but, and the yeah, but sounds something like this. That's great advice from mother, but then again, who listens to mother? Who listens, who, listens, who listens to their mom? My mother said, if just once more I hear you slam that old screen door, I'll tear out my hair, I'll dive into the stove. I gave it a bang and in she dove. <laughs> I have these, have these words of wisdom actually come from Bathsheba to Solomon. It, it would have been even a sadder story because you see, he didn't listen, did he? He didn't. He didn't listen to his mother. And because the, the trappings of wealth 
And fame and power are so intoxicating. That's why Nehemiah 13, 26 says, Did not Solomon, king of Israel, sin on account of such women? Among the many nations, there was no king like him. And he was beloved by his God, and God made him king over all Israel. Nevertheless, foreign women made even him to sin. And the reference to foreign women has to do with their religious beliefs. They were idol worshipers, and the idol-worshipping non-Israelite wives of Solomon, which he had no business marrying, they brought him down. And Solomon was about as good as it got. (laughs) King after king. Once they got into power, they typically served themselves instead of their subjects. They, They tasted the power. They tasted the wealth. They tasted it and consumed it and were never satisfied by it, but they couldn't give it up. And that's what you call addiction. It's a story, all right. It's kind of a sad story because there's really been no king that's perfectly fulfilled these verses except for one. Yeah, except for one. That the failures in Israel's history make us long for a king another king, one of whom the prophet Isaiah spoke in Isaiah 11, verses 3 and 4, and his delight shall be in the fear of the Lord, but with righteousness he shall judge the poor and decide with equity for the meek of the earth. Is there such a king? Yes, his name's Jesus. The only king, the only king who's been perfectly able to keep the message of Proverbs 31 verses 1 through 9. The only king. You see, when he was asked, what are you doing? He answered, I have come to do your will, O God. When asked, what have you been drinking? Jesus answered, shouldn't I drink the cup of suffering which my father has given me? When asked, what about the poor? Jesus answered, Though I was rich, for your sake I became poor so that you, through my poverty, might become rich. Yes, Jesus, the perfect king. And when the king of heaven and earth was suspended between heaven and earth on that Roman cross, dying for the sins of earth, his mother was there. And while Jesus' hands and feet were pierced on that cross, Mary, her soul was pierced as she watched his death. Yeah. Mothers, the best gift that you can give your child, the best gift, the best gift you can give your child is, is not to help your child feel good about himself or herself. That's not the best gift. <laughs> no, no. The best gift that you can give your child is to help them see that there is a God in heaven who has put them here on this earth for a purpose, to fulfill a destiny, to complete an assignment. That's the mission of motherhood. And don't expect that to feel good because crucifixion never feels good. 
The heart of the mother gets pierced when she watches her children sacrifice for the purposes of God. It hurts to see our children suffer for their faith. Yet does not our faith teach, does Christianity not teach that the empty tomb always follows the crucifixion? Does our faith not teach that through the resurrection of Christ and his power, he has made us into a kingdom of priests? Huh? And so therefore should not the mission of motherhood be to challenge our children to endure the cross, to trust Jesus Christ, and to become who God says we are in Jesus. Is that not our mission? It is. It is. And so therefore, Lemuel's mother speaks today. She speaks today. What are you doing? What are you doing? Start start living like the person Jesus already says you are. Jesus has called you to be a royal people. Now live like one. Live like one. Live like one. Mothers, you teach that lesson, and that is one we will never forget. Amen.